And uh, how, how many people have, uh, just sign of hands, no guilt, no shame, no pride, and just curious. How many people were fasting over the 21 days? Fasting some, quite a few. Awesome. Praise God. Awesome. Praise God. Awesome. Did, did you notice during the fasting time, just, uh, did you notice how much asking of God you experienced during those 21 days? Did, did, I mean, did that come to your mind at any particular point? Like, wow, we're, I'm asking all these questions, or I'm asking for this guidance, or I'm asking for this wisdom. It, uh, it, it became very acute to me. I, last uh, week, I got blessed to go off to our cabin uh, for four days is kind of my custom and, and just be with God and just it, it's, it's uncanny to me how uh, just whatever reason just my humanness or whatever but you know I go there for four days and the first two days are just like sort of like me and a, being a two-year-old or a five-year-old just asking 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 all these things and then eventually I wear out <laughs> I, I like run out of things to ask and then I finally get to this place where I can listen and then God really just, you know, gives you some great stuff. So I, I, I regret, if you will, and just my own heart, perhaps even character of, of, of that process with God of just not having enough time to stop and listen. Uh, he's got great answers. But asking certainly is, uh, it, it's part of our relationship with God. Uh, it, it's part of the oneness that we have with him, of, of our trying to understand and explore and, and, to, and to receive and um, have you even noticed, even in our English language, how many synonyms we have for the word ask? Uh, you know, there, there's inquire and, and there's beg. Uh, can you guys think of some? Just off the top of your head. Request. There's request. What else? Question. Yeah, there's a question. What's that? Why? Why is, why is a question? Supplication. There's a nice little Christian word. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good word, though. It's a good word. It means a supply. Give us some. Can we have a supply here? Anybody else? Someone in the back? Cry out. Yeah, cry out. What's that? What, Todd? Hope. Please. Yeah. There's all these different words for for ask. It, it's very very deep. It's, it's very, very broad. There's different ways of asking. And, and today we're going to take a look at this really significant uh, definition of what God has for us, a specific type of ask for us. And, and in, uh, there's, there's really there, there's no better example of that process of fasting and praying and asking uh, in the Old Testament than looking at Jehoshaphat. But when we look at Jehoshaphat, we have to take a view of understanding where he is, in essence, in the presence and the timeline of the relationship with God. But I want to look at that today. And so I'm going to ask you to turn with me as we, as we keep exploring. Our, our, uh, our, our sermon title today is, The Ark is Moving Fast. <laughs> Double entendre there. We got a word during this fast that we're moving. Uh, the whole Christian church is moving out of this building. Uh, don't, just don't know exactly where. We don't know exactly when. We know maybe the end of February, maybe a little later. Uh, we've got some ex- places that we're going to explore. There's flyers in the back uh, that explain things. We're going to talk about this in a little bit of our time together. These flyers are in the back, as I said. Um, but we want to take a look at this aspect of because we don't know exactly what's going on. We're asking God. 
But it's important for us to understand what asking, what, what the type of asking God wants us to do. Uh, th- there is a specific kind of asking that, that he says, in essence, is the sweet spot of my power. And, and, if, and asking with inside that moves. He moves. And he's moving in there. And we really, I'm going to take a little bit of a broad journey. And so hang with me today. Um, It's four days of fasting in a cabin of a download within whatever timeline I got. So just just hang with me. But it's this incredible journey of understanding where this sweet spot, the sweet, powerful spot, this loving spot of asking is with God. And so turn to Jehoshaphat's story. It's in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 in our Bibles. And if you're visiting with us today, please grab one of these. Please, and if you, if you do nothing else today, walk away with God's Word. Walk away with understanding what His, what His, uh, what His message is for us. And I want to just say another prayer real quickly. Lord, thank you, God, for this opportunity to explore you and understand our relationship with you and understand how much you want to be with us everywhere you are. And how much you want us to be moving with you. So, Lord, my prayer is that um, all the insights that you've given on me in the last few days, um, they they totally have your anointing and they just come from you. Uh, They're not words of mine, but they're words of yours. And they would just sink deep into our soul and grab it and set it on fire. And, 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 and set it on fire with a trajectory and a path, God. Not just to burn for our own selves and go, whoa, this is cool, but to honestly light the world on fire for you. In Jesus' name I pray this. And all God's children said, amen, amen. So in Second Chronicles chapter 20, here's Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat's this really pretty good king. And I say pretty good in that um, he followed, as, like his father, as a king over um, King over Judah, the southern part of of, of the kingdom uh, between Judah and Israel, he followed his father's uh, of heart of following God, and he he actually had a history of asking God and and communicating with God. There was this time when uh, there was this village that got overtaken, and he asked God, "Is now the time to go and take it?" Uh, he just didn't go and do it on his own. He knew God wanted it. He knew you know God would probably support him, but he he asked for the timing, and God said, "Yeah, go get it." And so he has this relationship where he understands this uh, uh, aspect of asking God for permission and asking him for blessing. And so, you know, Jehoshaphat, this is about 873, 860-some years uh, before um, before Jesus. And, and we see this story, and I'm just picking it up here in, 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 in verse 3, the context is that he's surrounded by the enemy now. It's like a year uh, later in, into his uh, rule, and things have been going well, but all of a sudden now the enemy is just surrounding him, and it doesn't look great. And so Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news, and he begged, here's a type of asking, he begged the Lord for guidance. He was desperate. He really needed it. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. And so, you know, we saw many hands here raised, and I know not all of us were praying and fasting for uh, doing these 21 days for the church because we didn't know that we were moving until, like, you know, a couple weeks ago. But we have been together fasting for direction and fasting for guidance. In essence, begging God for where are we going to go? What's, what, what's, what's going to happen? 
And so Jehoshaphat, reading on in verse 5, stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard of the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord, God, our ancestors. Now, watch these decrees. We've talked about this before. He's declaring who God is. He's declaring who God is before he really goes into asking a lot. He's making this decree. He says, you are the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. Here's a declaration. It's like, you are authority and power over everything, and this place is yours. This this temple is yours. This is your home. And we can come here, and this is your spot. I'm declaring that. Now, God knew all that. He didn't have to remind God about that. If anything, I'm sure he's, he's proclaiming this declaration to remind himself. Look, I'm, I'm not just, you know, I'm, I'm not a, I don't have to be a weak-kneed willy here over what's going on. I've got the authority of the power of the universe right here in this spot. I can talk to and have a conversation about what is going on and what to do. There's an assuredness that's here. This is this is a faith that has gone from gone in essence from transition of okay, my God is for me, I'm saved, into a place of assurance. Of I'm not just I'm not just separated and I'm part of God's kingdom. I'm not just a saved Christian, but I am assured that I belong to the powerful God. He's moved. There's a shift. That declaration places him in that position. Do you see that? Do you see that? That's the position he's in right now at this place. And so now he goes in, in verse uh, 10. And now we see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. Those are the enemies. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Another decree, reminding himself, in a way, reminding God, I know of your promises. What's happening now in my circumstance is not fulfilling your promise. Something's wrong in this circumstance. You've got a promise that is different. And so then he goes on in verse 12. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. There's the ask. The ask is out of this position of assurance. It is coming from this place of knowing who the power of God is. He knows who he is addressing. It's coming from a a maturity and an understanding that the circumstances before me are not congruent and they're not lining up with the promise that you gave. And so I now asking, stop it. 
Please stop. Please stop the madness. And he's making a statement of, I'm powerless. I can't do anything about it. Very humble. Very humble. And then, of course, he's making an even more humble statement of, I don't know what to do. Personally, the third part is kind of a challenge for me. Just to be, you know, just to be honest. Uh, Because I I grew up pretty, you know, being trained to be competent. I I grew up being trained to to solve problems. I I grew up being trained to to figure out problems and and get your way through it. And and pull up your big boy pants and buck up and, you know, just go on. Uh, I don't know if that was your upbringing, but I'm looking around the room. I'm seeing a bunch of humans. And, uh, and so I, I get the sense, and I know many of you grew up in other continents, but I pretty much know that that's a universal thing that we have in our humanity. You can look at what happened in Genesis, and you can understand where it came from. We think we know the difference between good and evil. But Jehoshaphat takes the posture of, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. Very humble position. Very humble position. And so let me just ask you, as you went into the fast, did, were any of you there on a personal level going into the fast going, stop it, God. Whatever's going on in this circumstance, just, just stop it. I, I'm powerless. I can't do anything. Sign of hands. Just raise your hand. It's okay. It's okay. I'm powerless to change this, and I don't know what to do. I want your wisdom. Beautiful position. Beautiful position to be in. And, and then for those of you familiar, and I'll just summarize the, the end story, is that as that family of, of God fasted, as they got together and, and, and prayed and they asked that question, God touched and spoke to one of their prophets, somebody who has the divine ability to listen to God, and that person said, I got it. Here's what God wants us to do. <laughs> Raise up the band. Wake up, Harold. Get the band going. Go march out there against those three nations. Just march out there, trusting in the Lord, and the battle is going to be God's. So that's what they did. They led with the band. They worshipped. They praised. They declared who he was. They declared his greatness. Kind of similar to what happened in Jericho, if you will. Just, you know, going around, worshipping. And when they get there, they get to this hill and they overlook this valley. And as they're, you know, as they're worshiping and they look down and the enemy becomes confused. The three nations start fighting against each other. There's a squabble going on about something. Who knows what it was? They destroy one another. And this army of Jehoshaphat's, they didn't have to throw a spear. They didn't shoot an arrow. And they got to, they got to take in all the pillage and, and take in all the goods and all possessions of the enemy. They got upgraded, didn't lose a man, and took in all the blessings of the enemy. All because they follow what God said and, and allowed God to, to outline to them what the, what the message was. And, and God fulfilled this promise of, of for having this nation of Jehoshaphat draw closer into God's kingdom. And, and so we see this beautiful ending because of the posture and the position of Jehoshaphat's heart of being humble and the position of his faith 
and not just going, okay, thank you for rescuing me, God. Thank you that I'm, I'm your child, but I get it. I'm assured I'm a part of your kingdom that's got a promise be, that's going to happen. I'm just not seeing it right now. And so we see this, this, this particular posture that Jehoshaphat has. Now, here's a, here's a key distinction, though, that I want you to know about Jehoshaphat and where he is. He is in a time of the Old Testament. He is in a time of the Old Covenant. He is in a time when the Holy Spirit visits God's people to help them move. The Holy Spirit shows up at different times, you can read it in the, in, in, in the Bible, shows up to, to visit this prophet and say, hey, buddy, here's what you're going to do. You just trust me. I got the battle. Just, you know, get the band together and, and go. See you later. Bye. And, wow, the band? That doesn't make sense, but I guess what we'll do. The Holy Spirit visited and, and, and gave this particular downroad. So when Jehoshaphat is saying, I am powerless, the context of him saying, I am powerless, is completely different than our context. Because in his powerless context, it's that you're not even around. You're not even there. The Holy Spirit's not here amongst me right now. I'm talking to you, God, hoping you hear from me, but I don't know that you always hear from me. There's a lot of people that, you know, pray, and you don't always come down and visit. You don't always come down and talk. So I'm really powerless. He's in this time of visitation. For us, yeah, we're powerless in that it's not my power. It's not something I'm going to be able to generate. It's not something that, you know... Dennis Murphy's wisdom of being raised in a you know, farming community in the middle of Illinois and going to a liberal arts college and working in Chicago and working in L.A. and, and being, you know, even, even from the standpoint of even you know, having experiences of following God and, and, and leading a congregation here, all that power that Dennis has, that ain't going to cut it. The power that we have, the powerlessness that we have, though, is just out of our humanness. The power that we have is that we are occupied by God right now and right here in this very moment as a follower of Jesus. As we have surrendered our lives, as we said, this life of mine is not yours. I am now being occupied by the Holy Spirit. So I want you to notice this difference. I want you to notice this difference. Jehoshaphat's crying out, totally powerless. But in our time, whatever three armies are around you, you are not powerless like Jehoshaphat is. Do you see that? Here, 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 here's some scriptures that help point that out. Let's look at what, what Jesus said. If we can go to the next slide, please. In John, he said, I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you, in you, occupying, 
occupy God in the new covenant in the new time from the moment that Jesus died on this cross and the, the holy of holies in, in the temple the ark uh, or the ark of the covenant with his holy of holies the Shekinah glory the presence of the Holy Spirit where only a priest could go in once a year with a rope tied onto him and a cowbell on him and in case he touched the dang thing he would die and they'd have to haul him out because no one else could go in there because he'd have to cleanse himself it was that it was that rare to even not not to be occupied but even just to get in the same space when jesus died that curtain that separated that ripped open and the holy spirit came out and people in in the graves were raised from the dead the Holy Spirit occupied the world. He occupied us. And then we see what Peter preaches about. We'll go to the next scripture in Acts. Is that it, Peter said, in explaining Jesus after his resurrection, he said, repent, turn away from your sin, turn away from the world, turn away from having your heart occupied by darkness in this world, and turn to Jesus Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We will receive him. We will be occupied by him. So when we cry out, when we're in a Jehoshaphat moment, it's even, in a way, the wrong context to even make the comparison. Because we're never in a Jehoshaphat moment. We are occupied by the Holy Spirit. We have him. So guess what? When you look at what Paul said to the church in Ephesians, check this out. He says to us, in your situation, whatever time of crisis you got, it's not a Jehoshaphat moment. I will say it's a Pauline moment. It's, it's an Ephesians moment. Here's our moment. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we what? Or think according to his power at work within us, according to his power at work within us. Do you see that? Our prayers, our supplications, our asking, our begging, our pleading, it is met up from inside, from within us, occupied by the Holy Spirit with his fullness of his resurrecting, grave-opening, life-creating power divinely from God so that in to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Do you see that it is God that wants the victory in your life? Do you see that it is God that wants the power to flow through? Do you see that? The next question is, do we live it and do we believe it? Do we walk it out? I think we try. But I also think sometimes we are just too Jehoshaphat. We are just too... I don't see you moving. I don't know if you're going to listen. I don't know what's going on. I, I, don't, I don't know if you're going to answer this one or not. But here, I want to throw some things at you. I, I want to throw some things at you. This word, ask. In mo moments ago, we just talked about all the different types of asking, right? 
This word "ass" in Greek. The Greeks had several ways of expressing "ass." There's "utoyo," which is to ask for something unknown. I'm asking God for something unknown. It's in Scripture, and in John, it says, "You know, just ask for anything unknown, and I'll reveal it to you. I'll give it to you." But here in Ephesians, the verse used is to ask for something that is due you. It is due you. It is a paycheck in the boss's office, sitting in his desk, just waiting for you to come to him and go, can I have my paycheck now, please? That's the kind of ask that God wants to have with us. That is the kind of ask. It, it, it's, it's not a beg. It's not something hidden. It's, it's not something urgent. It's something that he has made a promise about already. And he just wants you to please ask so that you can then with God and the church occupy that area that he is not in. Do you see that? It is about occupy. God and Jesus is about occupy. Let me show you this word. Let me show you this word. I, I saw this. I got this word yesterday. I praise uh, Pastor Scott Perkey uh, from somewhere uh, who was here yesterday at Kingdom Ministries. He, he gave this. He just gave this awesome word. Here's this incredible word. Our posture with God is all about occupy. It's all about occupy. Occupying your heart, occupying the hearts of your children, occupying the hearts of your family, occupying the hearts of this community and of this world. It is all about Occupy. In the book of Genesis, it talks about, it it talks about, of course, the fall. And after the fall, we know the sin and we know that Adam and Eve, you know, they broke God's law and they were kicked out of the garden. And when they were kicked out of the garden, um, thrown off here a second sorry when they're kicked out of the garden they um they entered into in essence the broken world but but in the broken world in the broken world it is it has a different kingdom in it the broken world has a kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of darkness has a ruler and that ruler is the devil and Satan. And, and Jesus even mentions that in, in, in um, if you look with me, in, uh, in John chapter 14. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. He's referred to as the prince of darkness. He's referred to as being the ruler of the world. This is his space. He doesn't have light. He doesn't rule over light. He rules over darkness. Now, here, here's what I want you to catch. We all, we all see that, right? Here's, here's the thing that just boomed over me yesterday. So he rules over that darkness. Now, when Jesus, when Jesus shows up, and he gets baptized, and he does his fasting, and he's wrestling with the devil, and he's um, uh, he, he's and he overcomes those temptations through his fasting and his time with God. The very first thing that he preaches, go ahead and turn to Matthew. I want you to read this out of the Bible. I want you to see us in the Word. Turn to Matthew chapter four, verse seventeen. 
want you to go ahead and, if, you know, if you haven't grabbed a Bible already, I, I want you to look at this. I want you to see God's Word. You know, this is Jesus right now in this. You might think it's a book, but this is Jesus. This is God's Word, and Jesus is the Word. So um, I know we got, you know, the Bible, and, and, and we got the Bible in our apps, but and that's always convenient and good. But let me just be candid with you. Sometimes you just need to grab the word without the connection to the distraction that your phone has and just hold the word and read the word. There, there's something powerful about that. So again, Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Here's Jesus' first sermon. This is his first words coming off the block. After he's been anointed. For 4 verse 17. You, you there with me? See these words? Then From then on, Jesus began to preach, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Some of you might have a translation that says, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The original phrasing is literally... I'm bringing the kingdom of heaven with me now, presently, and in the future. It is here now, and I'm bringing more of it. So when he, his first declaration is to an occupier of the world saying, I've got another kingdom coming, and I'm here to occupy. And so now you see this miracle that that Jesus Excuse me, there's this miracle then that uh, Jesus is about to form. Turn to Matthew chapter 8, verse 29 with me. Matthew eight twenty-nine, and it's page 582. And, and it's a story of healing two demons, who, who, two demon-possessed men. And, and so, you know, here it is in 28. When Jesus arrived on the other side of the lake, in the region of the Gethenaries, two men were possessed by demons, and he met him. The, the demons came out to meet him. They came out of the tombs and were so violent that no one could go through that area. They began screaming at him, Why are you interfering with us, Son of God? Have you come here to torture us before God's appointed time? Do you see this? Do you see this? That the, the devil's minions were basically saying, hey, man, we were on the throne. What is up? This isn't the end time. Why are you messing with us all of a sudden? So here's a perception that sometimes we have as Christians. We sometimes think the devil is slowing us down in our process, in our movement, in what we want to do. That certainly does. He certainly does hinder us. But the bigger picture is this. The bigger picture is that God, through Jesus, came to occupy ground that Satan has and have it in his possession. Do you see that? Do you see that? That's why in Matthew, that's why in Matthew, we have that verse. You had to go back um, a, few, a few slides, if you will. But in, in, in Matthew chapter uh, 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 16, we, we see that, uh, well, you can go to Matthew chapter 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, this is the same verse, or same word, by the way, asking for what is due you. Everyone who seeks receives, and he who finds seeks, and the one who knocks it will be open. Or which one of you is going to ask his son 
for bread and his father's going to give him a stone. Or if he asks for his fish, he's going to give him a serpent. God wants the area occupied. He's not going to say no to you if you're asking for something that he's promised. If you're asking for something in an area that he has promised, he's not going to say no to you. And this is why we are the ecclesia. We are, in Matthew, if you will, please turn, uh, go ahead and have it. I think I have it as a slide. I sure hope I do. Matthew 16. Uh, If you look at Matthew 16, he says the same thing. We are the called out ones. We're the legislature. We're the ones who have the authority. We're the cops with the badge saying this area is God's. This area is God's. And in that word, God, Jesus says to us as the church that you may bind things in the kingdom and you may loose things for the kingdom. Again, we have the ability to occupy space, occupy physical areas, occupy spiritual areas, overcome demons, cast out, cast out the demonic, even raise the dead is promised to us. And that has occurred. And so we have this ability to occupy places that God wants occupied. Do you see that? I sure hope you do. And he didn't, amen. Okay, good. Thanks. I just, you know, wonder if you're there. I mean, it's about occupation. Asking is about occupation. It's not about your worthiness. It is not connected to your worthiness. It is connected to him and his promise. And the ecclesia, the oneness that he wants, the ability to have a relationship with you so that he grows close to you, so your gifts and your talents and the fullness that is occupied inside you already will grow and become manifest and show up into this world. He has places that he wants to take you. And and us as a church, as a body, it is a new season. It is a new season for us to occupy. He told us the ark is moving. He told us it's moving. We don't know exactly where. But he did speak to one of our people. One of our people saw in a vision years ago what is a a particular courtyard at 320 Campus Lane. So here's the deal. God, and this is what I got, honestly, for my fasting. I, I kept asking, God, show me where you want us to be. Show me where you want us to be. He didn't show me. What he told me was, ask for what I'm showing you. I want you to ask. I want you to grow. It's yours. It's due. It's inside of my desk in an envelope ready to be handed to you. But you have to ask. You have to ask. It's an exercise that he wants to go through. It's not just this magic wand, hocus pocus thing, you know, oh, here's the formula. No, it's about the relationship that he wants to have with us as a body, as a church. You know, when we moved from Rodriguez, it was like, whoa, are you kidding me? This place? It's a dump. It's not only a dump, but it's on the wrong side of the freeway. There's, you know, fewer homes over here. No offense to those of you who live here, but there's more homes over there. We want to be on that side. And God spoke and said, cast your net on the other side. This is where you're going. This is it. So we came. It's been a blessing. But now he said, move. And he showed us another place. He showed it to us long ago. But it's not ours unless we ask for it, unless we occupy it, unless we occupy it. So exactly, road trip. 
Now, last week we mentioned this, this is on our radar, it's sort of on our desire. Today's road trip is more of an assignment. Today after church, or three dismiss, I'm asking you as a church to go to 320. And if we can go, if you go to the next slide, here's some, here's some promises. Next slide, please. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Here Isaiah. Here we go. So write these down. Those of you who are going to go, and I'd ask you that, honestly, I'd ask that somebody would lead. G, you up for leading? You up for leading everybody over there? Um, I don't think I have the money, but I can make, I'll make Well, that's so darn nice of you. I'll make plans. Okay, thank you. Awesome. So um, write these, just take a screenshot of these scriptures. Hebrew, thank you, I'll get out of the way. Hebrews 4.16, Hebrews 4.16 basically says that God wants to help us. Hebrews 10.25 says, don't give up meeting. Uh, uh, Todd, what was your Hebrews 3 verse? What was that address? Because that was spot on for us too. He's going to get us through the second. As you're looking up that word, I want to read Philippians 4 to you. Shout it out if you got it, Todd. Don't, don't wait for me. Yeah, you had a Hebrews 3 verse? Amen. So he's got a house for us. We are his house. It's his place. So, and then Philippians 4, this is just, this is another great word about power of, of where his gifting comes from. Uh, uh, it's not 4.1. Uh, it's four. Uh, 19. So forgive that typo. It's 419. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. You break that down and that word actually says the, the supply. It, it's, it's an overflowing. It, it's a it's a jar filled up and, and pouring over. He supplies everything. So we know God wants us to meet. We know that God uh, has a house for us. We know he's going to supply all our needs and he's been giving and he's given us a vision of that place. Let's go ask for it. Let's go ask for it based on who he is. So worship him when you get there. And the reason I'm saying you is that the assignment God gave for me today is I'm going to go over to Green Valley Community Church and talk to them and ask them for what would it look like if we can meet there temporarily. So because we know that the tenant improvement work is going to take some time at, at 320 Campus Lane, uh, there by the community college. And there's a couple of local churches. Green Valley Community Church is one. Rockville Bible is another church that we're going to explore about meeting temporarily in. While we're exploring those and we're just kind of pressing on doors, God, what do you got that's going to be best for us? We're trying to listen. Uh, we got word last week that uh, uh, Rodriguez High School in the school district will rent to us. So in essence, we have blessing, we have favor already of knowing we have a temporary place to meet. Uh, here, here's the thing that, that uh, I also want to ask is that 
ask of you. If you've heard anything from God over these last week or, or praying over this, would you please fill it out in your prayer card? Maybe you don't have to give the whole word, but just let us know. I received something so we can contact you because he speaks to the body, as we saw in the story of Jehoshaphat. He spoke to Crystal years ago about this building. Uh, we see good things there that, that, that fall within our spirit, but we're, we're still wanting to listen to what he's saying. And it particularly plays into the decision as well over uh, where to go temporarily. Because one word that I heard from ourselves is a very, uh, just a very assuring word from God is temporary does not mean a hiatus. Temporary does not mean we get to go on vacation. It, it does not mean the mission stops. It does not mean that um, we're, we're going to go and pause and chill. It, 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 the word that he gave us was the ark is moving. It wasn't the ark is going to take a break and pause and 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 we're going to put a, a, a we're going to put a dust cover dust cover over it and we're going to let it sit for a little bit. It was no, it's moving. So God's spirit and his movement in this church and healings and restoration and salvation and deliverance and wisdom and restored marriages and children, you know, these words, you know, pray over your children. You can ask God because he wants victory in your children's lives. Those are going to keep going on. Those are going to keep going on. So my, my application for us today is as a body, if you will go to 320, campus lane and as a body i would also ask a team of people five or six people go to city hall because we're gonna have to file for permits and if they would say that in essence ask for favor from god that we need god's favor through the permit process of of um of applying for 320 campus so if we could have those two assignments fulfilled today that just would be awesome and 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 lead with the worship team lead with worship just lead with worship. There you go. That's what I got to say. So let's say a prayer. Father God, thank you, Lord. Thanks for all you give us. Thank you for this opportunity to move with you and occupy something new. Occupy new ground. There's an office park that once you proclaimed like a, like a pillar of fire just coming out of that place. And, and it's got room for growth. And, and so and we know that you and your word wants to grow. And we know you got a house for us. So, Lord, we're asking for that place here co collectively in agreement. Give us that place of your glory, Lord. And, and Lord, we're, we're, we're praying for favor uh, in the process as well. Favor in, in another temporary place where your glory can continue to shine out of your ark that's in our hearts that occupies us. And, Lord, we're asking as well that you would give us favor with the city and contractors. That, and I give you praise already, Lord, for like the, the four contractors that I got notices from this week saying that they're gonna, they, they want to volunteer stuff. Um, so we, we just give you praise, Lord. It, it's you in your hand and your movement. And uh, we just thank you, God, that we're a part of it. Thank you for occupying our, our lives personally and, and on an individual basis, Lord. 
May we also walk out of here knowing that Isaiah 61 is your declaration of who you are. And that's inside of us. And those promises in Isaiah 61 can be lived out through our families and lived out through the relationships that we have and touching everyone of restoring, of taking mourning and turning it into joy. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. 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 Amen.